Yo, it's the Stimply Small Podcast. It's Tuesday, 30th of August, 2016. Hello, Lauren Clark. Hello, Stuart Farrell. How are you this fine morning? Uh, yeah, you know, it's another morning and as you know, my glass fills up during the evening, so I'm feeling fine. And you know what? It's kind of, I know you're going to hate this, but you it is a bit... a chamber pot. Yes. It's <laughs> an excellent idiot. Um, it is springy. You know, oh, one cannot help but spring when it's How good was springy. yesterday? It's all going to um, it's going to hell in a handbasket today and tomorrow, I think. But uh, but just yesterday, you just I had a miserable day yesterday. But just oh. the weather on a cellular level, as you would say, uh, oh. something to do with your cells from the you know cut the fat podcast or something. Oh. That it it was just it was just kind of it was a bit lovely so. i took the day off i couldn't work in in such conditions oh was, lucky for some eh? soon I, well i'm a freelancer as you know and uh, working true. from regional victoria oh it means God. that <laughs> just i, I want to give that hand of yours a workout <laughs> and i just needed to uh just just take you know enjoy the smaller things in life mm. and uh it was the morning I said, no, I can't work. And, and I remembered an old friend was um, coming to visit. So uh, she she came up and I was supposed to cook a lunch. And um, I'd forgotten, so I, I wasn't going to cook. But I thought, I'll take a bit of a drive um, mm. down to, I can't remember, what's the town called? Freshwater Creek, is it? And uh, it's, only, ah, yes. well, it's only 10 minutes away from home. So um, just took a bit of a trundle down there with the guys and, Bought one of their famous passion fruit sponges and a lovely uh, Meredith goat's cheese tart with zucchini. Did you buy the whole sponge, did you? Well, of course. Oh, I didn't think you were a sponge fan. Oh, now hang on. I'm, I'm going to put it out here to mm. you and to the listeners this mm. morning mm. and say this. Mm. My uh, lovely grandmother, dear departed grandmother Clara. Yes. Uh, Although she was very much of strong European, Eastern European stock, the woman cooked a sponge cake <laughs> like she was from English royalty. And <laughs> I am going to say she was the queen of uh, the sponge cake scene, if not not just in Faulkner here in uh, Melbourne, Australia, mm. but if not the uh, developed anglicised or anglicised or uh, UK uh, invaded type pl- parts of the world. <laughs> she could make a you know, strawberry think, sponge like uh, no other. It could have been uh, generational though, because my grandmother, mm. oh, she could make it. She honestly, I sometimes, uh, she's kind of ruined a few things for me. Right. You know, like uh, a strawberry sponge, it's just never going to quite cut it. And what's another one? Any anything with passion Borscht. fruit in it? Oh well, no, th- Borscht's your your bag, baby. Yeah, but no, but my, Nan was making this. This is where this is where the the beauty of the worlds colliding was. Yeah, we, we'd get uh, like a Borscht and uh, a crumb schnitzel uh, cooked in about twenty five mil of fat, <laughs> followed by an English sponge. Strawberry what did she sponge. used to say? Butter is better, Stuvi. Yeah, Stuvi, butter is better. <laughs> Go eat a Kentucky chicken. It's good for you. Anyone that tells you that Kentucky chicken is good for you has to know what is going on. And she lived to like a very ripe old age. So I am now following in her footsteps. Although I do believe, um, well, we're all following in his footsteps. We're going to end up uh, somewhere else. But I, I, I'm not sure she drank. 
So oh, really? That could, that could be the thing. But my grandfather yes. on the other side of the family, he yeah. drank yeah. and he was around to 96. Yeah, my, yeah, we've got a bit of that in our family. <laughs> so drink and eat butter and KFC. I I'm say. not sure that's how that's how the well, scientists would approach well, that. Well, excuse me, I think they would. They would say <laughs> this is, oh, um, they're doing modelling. We've got these case studies. These people have eaten and drank in a certain way. We have a uh, we have three people in our study: <laughs> Lauren's grandparent, Lauren's grandparents, Stuart's yeah. grandma. Yeah. Oh no, and, grandfather. And, uh, grandfather on my dad's side and grandmother yeah. on my mum's okay. side. Yeah. Because uh, I, well, see, this is the thing: I never got to meet. Nor well, my mum sort of did, but my grandfather on my mum's side. Yeah. He uh, we we don't we don't know what happened with him. So. As far as they can, God, they, I love stories like that. Well, we knew what happened to him. They they came out um, from uh, well, well, they actually probably came out from Germany, really, because they they met uh, during the war in Germany because they were shipped from their various countries to Germany. Yeah, and uh, met my they met each other while uh, either detained or uh, freed post war, and wow. uh, had had my mother in the process. Wow. But then emigrated out here to Australia once uh, everyone was sort of freed of their, because um, she was in a, uh, what do you call them, um, concentration farm. So she was like, you know, bashed and made to wear Hessian and whatever else uh, they, these people did to uh, the young people of the day that weren't from the country. Yeah. Anyway, so they made it out here. But then uh, a handful of years after establishing themselves, uh, yeah. he's riding his push bike uh, up Sydney Road in Faulkner slash Coburg yeah. and gets mown down by a truck, hit and run. So it, uh, uh, see, not knowing, you know, I mean, uh, it was worse for my mum, obviously. She was only about 10, uh, maybe a year or two older. But so you don't, you don't know the genetics of that person is what I'm saying. So I, I think if I was to go bald, I, do I inherit it from him or... No, if don't. You, you know, oh, hang on. Yeah, you, that's your mother's side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah. So there's a few unanswered questions. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's so fascinating that stuff. And also, just that generation was so um, defined by the war. You know, oh, like, it's everything. It was everything to them. I mean, yeah, yeah. The way, how they acted and thought and uh, reacted to stuff. Some, but some, some, well, I wouldn't say the word embraced. But some uh, use it as a learning tool or as a motivator, and others weren't able to, you know. Mm. So, but it's funny you say generations, there, yeah, because we've moved in as a society here in Australia, yeah, uh, and especially in the southern uh, wealthy part of Australia, sort of so-called enlightened part of Australia, so-called uh, cultured part of Australia, yeah. And something stuck out to me. I meant to mention to it yesterday morning, but something stuck out to me last night or Sunday night. Yeah. And um, it was an ad for, uh, I think it was Medibank or one of the insurance companies. Right. And it was just the language that they used at the end of it. It it, it stuck in my crawl. Now, <laughs> perhaps it's correct and perhaps... The message is right, but it, it sort of also felt to me yeah. as an unenlightened uh, dipstick you're gonna do from thing, regional Victoria. No, no, no you're going to do the, yeah, uh, yeah. 
Okay. And this this is what the final line of this uh, TVC was. And, and for those not in the industry, it's t- uh, television commercial. Oh, thanks, Phil. Uh, <laughs> I'll just throw that one in. <laughs> right? There, were, there was a mother character. Uh, and by that, I don't mean, you know, it was a woman playing a mother. Yeah. As opposed to a man playing a mother. Right. And and she said something along the lines of, because we all want to raise emotionally intelligent, brave young men. And then said, Mitty thing. Da, 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 da. And I just thought, nah. Why? What, what was it about it that got you? Emotionally intelligent, brave young men. And... Why? Don't unpack it, though. Now, you... I'm going to unpack it. <laughs> and then I'm going to set it on fire and watch it all run in di- different directions while I refuse to uh, put it out with the uh, garden hose. Because uh, I just think in this, I mean, all right, let's start with emotionally intelligent. Yeah. We're talking about kids and, and boys on a TV ad. During a program where uh, the people watching, and I yeah. remember the show, I won't mention it, yeah. but most of the people watching, uh, you could hardly describe as intelligent, let alone emotionally intelligent. <laughs> they, they, a lot of them hadn't experienced anything like emotional intelligence for a long time. And I just think that, that, that those two words together, emotional intelligence. Yeah. I just think is uh, I I don't like I don't know why I don't like it I think it it's a it's it's a it's a phrase or a term that can be used by people that can afford to use that term perhaps I don't know it's it's annoying to me can af- can afford it well uh, it's it's for people that don't have other things to worry about like. You know, we're hearing a lot at the moment of, about the two-speed economy, which has been going on for a long time. You know, yep. since since at least since uh, the mining boom really took off. Yeah. But there are there are re- there is really, and we have mentioned this in this podcast that there is, uh, and and we even heard from our own um, fantastic treasurer in the last seven days about the tax and the tax knots or what the hell stupid phrase he used about the people that pay tax and the people that just receive welfare hate that term receive social security so cross so the tax and the tax knots basically particularly you know as everyone says chevron doesn't pay tax and people on you know right yeah but there are people battling i spoke to the i think i I mentioned this when i when i first moved down here to regional victoria that uh thank you that Mm. um I was speaking to the locksmith, and he was just telling me about the amount of foreclosures going on at the moment, right? Oh, he, he and didn't rep- say that. And repossessions. Okay, well, mm. he said, look, there's, there's got to be at least 20 of us down here as far as, and by 20 means companies that uh, deal in yeah. uh, the locking of the smith. And they were all, he said, I do at least five a week wow. of banks taking a house from someone. Wow. Um, and, uh, and, and that's just my ch- little chunk of it. Yeah. So imagine that, and this is while uh, interest rates are rock bottom. They've never been yeah. like this ever, and they're going to start this for a little while. And people are still over committed financially, yeah. and they're, and they're unable to um, provide themselves a roof over their head, right? Well, especially well, a mortgage, a service a mortgage. And I would say to you that those people that are, are more worried about uh, making sure that 
anyone no. else that lives with them in that house. No. Yes. No. This have is to wrong. be fed. This is a false have, economy. No, it's not a false economy because it it's such a wank. It's such an East Brunswick wank. It is emotional intelligence, brave youngness. This be good people. I, 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 don't get me angry about this today, Lauren, because I've I've got such a bee in my bonnet about. Uh, uh, a lot of things, but th- this <laughs> life in general. <laughs> but this just just stuck a, a knife into the side of my head for some reason. Well, okay, I think that maybe I it's think... a term. I don't disagree with. Look, I don't disagree with the actual um, the thought behind it. Yeah, but to use it as a marketing thing and to because. You know, we, we spoke, we've spoken about advertising and how they make people feel guilty about not doing the right thing or yeah. not being the, the good enough parent yeah. or not being the good enough partner or the good enough person. Yeah. Now to start saying uh, you've got to start bringing up emotionally intelligent, brave young men makes me sick. So brave not- young men, brave young men, I'm with you. Right. I don't know. I think, I think the, way, um, the way people talk... I, I actually think that's gendered language anyway and it's this whole concept of uh, it, it, it's – yeah, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. But emotion – the reason I'm de- I'm sort of slightly defensive about emotional intelligence is because I think the concept intellectually is uh, an important one in a world that is uh, that prioritises the corporate and the everyone getting, you know, a, a million on a test and – making a million dollars and you know actually the actually not having the emotional intelligence so you know i was reading an article today again which i didn't send you because i've sent you so many articles Mm. like this (laughs) and just as we say to the listeners i do try to read a lot of them you might not hear back from me and with a lot of them yes but i do do appreciate the effort Well, this was this was about psychopaths. I knew you'd like it. I do. But it was about, you know, so how they reckon psychopaths. There's like 1% of the world who are psychopaths, but 10% of CEOs or something like that, right? Mm. And they rated all the jobs. So the first one, CEO, that's got the most psychopaths in it. The next one, lawyers. The next one, like, you know, it's it's it's... It's just interesting how mm. – and the opposite of emotional intelligence um, – in a lot of ways, is the psychopath. So I mean, they're they're incredibly oh, intelligent, well, yeah. but they don't. But they don't have. They they lack empathy and they lack. Um, they they don't know that there's a certain. It's it's a warped. There's a, empathy basically is missing. It's like there's it's like there's a, a synapse missing in the brain or something. Mm. But you're saying it's one percent of the population. So why is uh, Whatever insurance company is shoving it down our throat like it's if you don't uh, insure with us or if you don't start thinking like this, you're not going to have an emotionally intelligent young man. Yes, well, I don't don't know and I don't – you will never find me defending – It's co-opting this stuff to make people feel guilty again. Yeah, and I hate I hate that about advertising. You know that. I don't think that – I think the way – not just advertising but media – um, t- taps into those ideas is is kind of like d- disgusting. Like one of the thing, another thing that I was reading um, yesterday was this thing uh, about. I'll try and remember to post the link, but um, our friend Ginger posted it, mm. and it was about um, 
and and there are a whole lot of links you know i wormholed so i ended up with like 47 different articles about it open mm. um but basically it's about and I, I i hesitate to bring this up when you're as annoyed as you are I'm okay <laughs> but it it's about um i'm emotionally intelligent it, it's about the fact that in American colleges particularly, this is the environment in which this, this is the context in which this argument is set, or not this argument, but this um, article is set. And, but I think it's interesting because I think it's, there's an argument as well that it's kind of generational, um, which is that with things like trigger warnings mm -hmm. and, um, and kind of uh, the trigger warnings the main thing right the central thing it, it, as soon as trigger warnings became um a thing yeah. um they started to take over uh, in universities which is kind of an anti i mean look there are many reasons for trigger warnings that i understand however i completely disagree with somebody um you know, which, which is what happened. People wrote into, I can't remember which university, and said, um, please stop teaching rape law. Right. You know, don't, don't teach it because, because it's too, it's too dangerous. It's too, it's, it's a trigger. Um, and it, oh, okay. And I have to say, I studied um, criminal law and I studied health and medical Ding. law. And Ding. I yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and um, yeah, I'm better than you. And I'm yeah. better than you. But I, the, the reason I say that is, that is that they were horrifying, absolutely horrifying. Like you read the most horrifying things. But how else are you going to learn? How yeah. else are you going to get, you know, uh, why, why are we, uh, you know, why are we mollycoddling ourselves to the, to the degree that we're, uh, we're actually not um, able to critique in any way? Ah. Uh -huh. Don't you know? even go there. Well, anyway, that's so. so no, I mean, I I am so in agreement with you <laughs> at the moment. Uh, we have both worked in creative relationships with other parties, yep. where that critique uh, ethos or or critique critique method, where uh, open critical discussion, yeah was frowned upon amongst so-called creative adults. Right. And and also it led to major issues, you know. We've both been in that situation. Right. And I, I say that as an adult. Yeah. But then you move back down to, and this is a common sort of, you know, go-to for a lot of people, but where, you know, kids as young as, you know, grade one, two, three, uh, aren't allowed to come last or there is no second prize. Everyone's a winner. It's even you go to, you know, the the, the birthday party and um, pass the parcel or um, what's the other one? Magical chairs. What's the chair? What's the one where everyone has to? <laughs> Musical chairs. Mu yeah. <laughs> Magical chairs a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's for the adults. But yeah. the thing is, I don't even know what that means, but... I don't know. It sounds nice. <laughs> I don't know, but I'd like I to just, go to an adult party with magical chairs. I don't know if you would. Um, yeah. But anyway, it just means that there's no losers. Everyone's the best. Uh, you, you tell you know people are told they're the greatest. And isn't that? I, know, I think it's you in one of the uh, three to four hundred million articles you've sent me in. Time yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that is actually stated as such. You know, like 
Well, oh, that's why that's why there is a rise in narcissists. So your your oh, profile that you in, that your profile that you uh, enjoy is the psychopath, and I enjoy reading about the narcissist because I think it's mm. fascinating the whole generation of kids as a result of in a direct re- response to their parents who didn't who withheld love from them, then said, well, I'm going to love my child, I'm going to show my child, I'm going to say to my child, you're the best, you're the best, everything you do is the best. It then meant that the child, when the child uh, grew, you know, tried to grow up into an adult uh, and didn't, and looked around and everybody didn't say you're the best, uh, just couldn't compute that, didn't know how to answer. And there is a whole generation of people who I actually work with people like this. Anyway, point is, uh, it's, uh, I just think, Emotional intelligence is a useful phrase, but I think... It means nothing to the majority of people. It's an inner city... Maybe, Southern but I state think it, uh, circle look jerk. at you. Suddenly you're a Queenslander. Well, you know Mr. what? Mr. Everyman. I, I am not every man. I am no man. <laughs> right? Yeah. Point being, <laughs> uh, from, coming from inside that to being forced to watch it from the outside and then choosing to not be a part of, that society to me sounds like an absolute do-nothing, judgmental piece of Well, listen, before you, before you, you know, get us off our rating, it is a term that's used. That's a a word. I know you did. I know. I'm just saying. You're treading very close to the line. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's how I play it. It is a, oh, come on. Close Um, to the line. (laughs) Uh, It is a very, it is a phrase that I know is used like the jackpots in the jackpots line of work. It's, Mm. it has actual proper, proper application in terms of how, um, you know, children, human beings respond to the world around them in a way that's an incredibly useful um, descriptor. I can see how that would work. I'm just saying it's being now thrown around as marketing jargon. That's my point. Well, you know what? I think what you mean is. Marketing's the worst. Well, it's certainly and not emotionally intelligent. Huh? <laughs> I said it's certainly not emotionally intelligent. <laughs> Stupid. Stu. Yes. We're up to small injustices. Oh. <laughs> a brand new segment. It is. Have we ever actually done it before? No, well, we no, only came last... up with it like a week or two ago. Then we had a weird week last week. Weird week. Weird week. So small injustices. What? 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 What exactly? What? How did this start? Oh, I don't know. What are we doing? We're doing we're so. Just when injustices. the world just throws you a small injustice. Yeah, and and your own particular take. It can be very important, or it can be very small indeed. Okay, great. Because uh, I I had one, but I'm not sure. It quite fits, and and a and b. I'm certain you're not going to like it because it's Melbourne. All right, run based. it. Let's go. Although actually, you may because it it proves an exa- it proves yet another uh, provides yet another reason for why we should all go and live in regional Victoria. Oh, you you actually dinged before regional hit the spot. You know, I did. Um, wait, you know why? As somebody, uh, yeah, as you read yesterday in Mailbag Monday, somebody said they hear it mm-hmm. at the end of the of the phrase. Uh, I think it, that was a preemptive one, preemptive ding. So, yeah. Stuart, my yes. small injustice that I notice that I that I think is it is an injustice. Mm-hmm. It's a text injustice, and a text. it may only 
text. That's very Kiwi. <laughs> Sorry. It's a texting in- injustice mm-hmm. and it may only happen with iPhones, but I, but I guarantee the following. Okay. The amount wasted of money in text messages by Melburnians texting. So you know how you write a text message and then, then they've just texted one word straight after the text message. Yes, you do that all the time. Yeah, do I? Yeah. <laughs> but as a correction, right? Right. Okay. When the last wor- word of the f- previous text was team. Can you tell me what the correction word is? Hang on. The last word of the text pre-correction was team. Yep. Time. No. Um, Melbourne, me- very Melbourne based. Uh, no I'm idea. on my way. Just uh, jumped on the... Tram. Correct. Right. I have seen... I saw somebody do it over their shoulder. I was looking over their shoulder and they texted something and then they texted tram, like <laughs> fixing the autocorrect mm-hmm. the other day and I thought, that is such an injustice. That should be fixed in Melbourne. In Melbourne, you shouldn't mm-hmm. have to spend another blah, blah cents per text message or blah, blah dollars or whatever it is to send a text Nobody message. Nobody sends any blah, blah dollars now. It's all uh, bundled and unlimited. I know, but you know, it all adds up. Anyway, Does that's, it really? that's my, that is my, I think that's an injustice for right. all, because it's annoying. Because sometimes it says, you know, I'm on, I'm on the team and well, that doesn't well, mean anything. Well, I, can I throw one equally one, uh, unimportant one in then? Yeah. Just quickly. Yeah. Uh, when you buy a box of beer and you're enjoying uh, some of the beers and, yeah. then you, and you get one that's a little bit off colour. Yeah. And it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. But you have no way of taking that already opened, off-tasting beer back to yeah. the brewery yeah. or bottle shop for recompense. The worst. That to me is a small injustice. It's a very it's oh, small but important. Well, it's, <laughs> well, I first you were the first person to ever talk about that, and it's stuck with me ever since. Yeah, that's mm. that's not good. That's one of your pet peeves. <laughs> I'm always going on about I that. I know. The, the amount of times. I mean, you must drink a lot of beer because it happens quite a bit. It really does, Stu Farrell. So is. Um, so. I was going to say something else and I changed it. Sorry. Right. No, fair enough. Um, good story. A good story, Stu. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Like it. Love it. Love the guy who told it to me. Uh, listen, we got to get out of here. Yeah, but um, really, how does John Elliott from the Foster's Brewing Company get in contact with us <laughs> if he wants to uh, complain? Um, he can find us at Stupidly Big Stu. We're stupidlybig.com, Stupidly Big on Facebook, Stupidly Big on Twitter, and we're Stupidly Small and Big in iTunes. Um, I hope to see you tomorrow, my friend. Oh, you will. And can uh, we have an off-air discussion about perhaps uh, opening another P.O. box? Chance. Yeah, let's do that. That awesome. sounds like an excellent conversation that we will forget oh, to have. It's, we fill our days with them. <laughs> I'll send you another article about psychi- uh, not psychiatrists. What are crazy oh. people? Uh, could Psy- you, uh, psych- 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 psychos. Could you also uh, <laughs> stop sending me recommendations for psychiatrists? Though? That'd be great too. I'll get the hint. <laughs> uh, well, Faz, I hope you have a good one uh, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Lozzie. Same to you. Uh, bye-bye.